What's going on, everybody? Welcome and thank you for tuning in to episode nine. Episode nine, right? Yeah, damn, we're getting up there. Let's keep this thing going. The music you're hearing right now is by the one and only Mantra Blue out of New York City. Uh, I'm here today with a very special guest. And when I say special, I mean special. <laughs> very special guest, the one and only Manco Mas, a.k.a. Jose Rizal, the one and only Tim Lopez. What's good? What's good? Tim, <laughs> say what's up, bro. Introduce yourself to the audience, please. Hi, uh, I'm Tim Lopez, coming to you from New York in 10 a.m. Super early, dude. Super early. Rise and shine, bright and early. It's 10 p.m. for me. I'm Rise ready to shine. go to sleep. Wakey, wakey. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Tim, why don't you uh, tell them a little about you, about what you, what you do? <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm a photographer. Um, well, born in the Philippines. I lived there for 10 years. Uh, basically, I am... A freelance photojournalist, freelance photographer, freelance PA, or also known as photo assistant um, slash assistant. I've uh, been living in New York for 14 years and doing my job for about 10-ish years. You've been a photographer for 10 years already? Yeah, man. It's like uh, middle end of middle school to like now. Um, yeah, like about eight nine like there's a couple evolutions there um <laughs> yeah yeah like some a lot of a lot of evolutions um whether it be from like starting and like just having a camera when i was a kid to back in middle school when i was practicing with an s like a t-theory slr uh you know just shooting anything and then in high school shooting uh just like my friends or um like photographing events or sports to working to an agency um basically uh like yeah about 10 ish years in the evolution of like being a photographer being like studying photojournalism and then doing um you know assist work and you know being a published or just like um doing gallery work as well there's a lot of differences in that and the evolutions of mediums that i've been working on yeah, yeah. all right all right so so let's get started with um let's just get started with the type of photography that you're doing right now are you shooting digital or film what kind of stuff are you shooting <laughs> so the type of photography i'm doing right now is just mostly film unless i'm hired or in a position to work with a digital. Uh, I mostly shoot 35 millimeter and medium format. Um, yeah, 35 millimeter and digital and medium format, where it's mostly filmed for the past, I want to say five, six years now. Um, I only work digital if I am, you know, have to shoot a concert or have to cover a story or. Um, a specific client that like wants digitals, both mediums of digitals and film. Although even in film, you still have to digitize it. Um, but yeah. there's a certain contrast and look to it, you know? Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Okay, so... So you primarily shoot film when you're not shooting for anything in particular that requires digital, right? Yeah, so, uh, yeah. I really don't shoot digital, but I could use a digital when I'm, you know, ha when I have to. Uh, yeah. Let's say for the past um, two um, campaigns that I've done with Barangay and uh, or even the very first one that we did with Brooklyn Cloth uh, and some of my first jobs with Brooklyn Cloth before the collective, I basically I pitched myself as shoot as shooting film. And the ability to shoot with film and what it produces as opposed to shooting digital. Um, with that, I was I usually and normally shoot five rolls or more. Um, yeah. Just to get a feel and like get a touch of everything as well as like the variance of it. Even if it's at most 36 shots or at the least 10 shots on medium format, I know at least I have about five or less photos that will make it. Um, can you talk the, about why? You, can you talk about why you prefer? Why, uh, why, why you prefer film? Why I chose? Why I prefer film because I don't know what's gonna come out of it. Like you have to fully visualize what you want and what you're gonna take, as opposed to chimping on a screen. You know, like oh yeah, like that's actually working. When if you were shooting with film, you're going in the dark, but at the same time, you still it keeps you on track with the vision that you have and the ideas that you want to go through. Mm -hmm. um, it keeps you motivated to push on um, when, let's say, something's not working. It forces you to like move to the next, um, move to the next like close or move to the next um, location or move to, just like change things up because I feel like when you're working with digital, you get comfortable and like you just keep snapping and snapping and snapping away when you already have the photo, you know. Um, Basically, I like not. Uh, I like the delayed gratification of things. Um, uh, I like how you, you know, want to be able to see this, and you're excited of seeing the photos, not just seeing it on the screen. And like, oh, okay, that's cool. But then with with film, when you're like after developing, after getting it scanned or scanning it, you have this new sense of like verification of like, yeah, okay, that actually worked out and. It makes more sense. Um, with my work now, I basically just shoot a lot of cars and shoot um, like a lot of vintage cars, a lot of um, skateboarders, and I shoot a lot of street. Um, back then, I remember I used to do a lot of like portraits, and now I'm just like, you know, one shot, one shot, please. Or like, I'm like sneakily like walking, you know, the streets of Soho yeah. or like New York and just like shooting random things. Um, shooting garbage sometimes i don't know um, <laughs> it's weird um like yeah i mean that's really cool because like yeah especially when you're shooting street like when you're shooting street and you're shooting film like you're you're only capturing so many moments and you have no clue what you're gonna get mm -hmm. you know like mm -hmm. and it doesn't have to be perfect i think that's a common misconception is people get really disappointed if they're taking a film photo and say it's like not perfectly lit or say it's you know not perfectly in focus yeah like that doesn't uh -huh. really take away from the composition of the image no it doesn't um people would argue about like the light yeah people would argue about the lighting people would argue about like why are you wasting a shot on you know that or like why like 
why are you like shooting nonsense when you could be making something else? I'm like, it's nothing. There's, there's no such thing as nonsense. It's just how you make your work and like how you want to produce it and like what you see yourself using that into. Um, yeah. There's like so much of, there's so much of work right now that are archived, but at the same time, like there's a lot of people who are producing amazing work from just what they see in the street. Um, Justin, for example, <laughs> uh, has been shooting a lot of chairs. If you ever hang out with Justin um, <laughs> and you walk around with him, anything like whether it be a table, whether it be a chair, whether it be like a stack of books, he'll make it into something and like shoot it. Um, yeah, he would like, there was a point where he would load, would go as low to the ground to just shoot something. But, or like <laughs> if Justin stops talking, you know, there's, he sees something. Um, or um, when I hang out with other people too, they like, just like, in, in conversations, you barely see, you barely like have eye contact with them. But at the same time, they're always, you know, they're always hunt, hunting. Um, yeah. Or when I work, um, I have a series, I really want to put this out. It's basically a vintage car series where I like hunt the streets um, of, of New York or like wherever I am, even in California when I fly out. Um, and like I shoot vintage cars and like when we walk sometimes or like when even when we drive, I'm like, yo, stop the car, stop the car, like slow down, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. I would shoot it. But yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. So this is probably a tough question to answer, but. How many rolls of film do you think you've shot in your life? <laughs> it's a really good question. Um, it's a really good question. Wow. In terms of, <laughs> in terms of 35 millimeter. Um, yeah, just 35. I know that. Wow, just 35. Uh, in terms of 30, yeah, with medium format, I'm pretty young. With large format, there's a pretty good amount already. Um, but with 35 millimeter, I would say I was one of those early like film photographers where I printed all my work, no matter how bad it is. Uh, really? You always first. printed your scans? Uh, I used to, I used to like get it developed, scanned and printed because as a kid I was raised with like physical copies yeah, of, of like having the negatives and then having photos to look at. And I was like, yeah, I want to keep doing this as I grow old and like show my kids my work and then I realized like I think six hundred dollars down the line about yeah like two three hundred you know two hundred rolls down the line I was like yeah I need to just start organizing and scanning my work and like yeah publishing it as in digital format but um rolls wise from when I started to now including black and white the black and white classes and color classes I've taken, I would say I'm like in in the ranges of four, four or five hundred rolls now. Um, collectively, I have about four or five binders worth of just thirty five work. Um, Damn. Uh, I believe a year I shoot about a hundred something rolls. Um, this year is actually the most I've shot. Uh, it's, it's like in the two hundred. Um, wow. Yeah, dude. It's 
it's insane because I like if I was to show you like the amount of film that I have to like still get developed, it's like in the sixties or eighties <laughs> eighty count right now. Yeah. Um. The reason that is is like I started shooting more in April, May, uh, like end of spring, start of summer, and I basically traveled to Canada, to like Quebec, and like Montreal, and then every summer I would like just shoot with my you know when. Dom was here, or like when you were here, yeah, or like when everyone was out, you know. I like wanted to document that, and then Fashion Week, and then everything it just added. But the reason why I added to that is because I usually bulk develop, and yeah. the place I go to is like super duper far. It's like Park Slope, New York, uh, and it's like an hour and a half train ride, um, and they're amazing. It's like five six dollars a roll for develop. And they get it to you the same day. You just, you know, I have a quick coffee and bam, mm -hmm. like you're good. Yeah. Here's, here's like all your 20 something rolls. Um, but yeah, but I also hated scanning because I scanned with this like crappy V600. Epson sponsor me if you listen to this one day. Um, but anyways, no, um, uh -huh. V850 is like the new move that I'm like working on. Um, basically it's just like super slow and like I hated, you know, waiting and like having to like physically um touch the mouse mouse pad the whole time as i'm scanning or else like it'd fall asleep um yeah yeah you, you know the struggle dude or like yeah yeah like i hate having like clients wait on me or like friends wait on me i'm like i would love to scan like your you know your negatives or like i would love to develop your negatives but at the same time like i can't assure that but if you trust me and like you could you have the patience to wait or like when even when I take pictures of people, I'm like, yo, you're probably gonna hate me. Um, you won't see this until like for like a month or two or more. Uh, ha, please, more than me, that. I will, I will keep you posted. Yeah, yeah. Like last episode with <laughs> Jay. More than that. Or, <coughs> yeah, three months. It wasn't three months, dude. Um, I mean, I took really took care of you. It was just like, <laughs> it was just super busy. Like I was trying to find the right time to like give give it to like the like that. At work and yeah um even yeah even with my work like I was like I am I'm at the point where like I, I'm really careful with where I develop and where I scan because there's so much contrast and variations of like how people develop or how labs yeah, develop course. your film of course um where are you developing yeah, now yeah I am gonna try this place um called the small dark room in chelsea they are a small studio um and it's actually really cool i haven't tried them yet but i've heard like really great stories so far uh where um one of my friends was like yo you should actually check this place out they have uh, a lot of discounts especially for like photo assisting you get like 20 percent if it's your first time you get 20 percent um, a certain period was like 10%. If you bulk develop, you get this amount where like they could cut you down, you know, they could help you out. Yeah. Uh, some of my good. friends were like, you could, they could price match it, uh, on the Lolo. Um, or, um, also I recently went to a Daniel Arnold show. He's this, um, well, he's this rising, I won't say he's popular. Yeah, he is. But he's this really talented photographer um, who is a street, uh, street photographer and most of his photojournalistic work and most of his like 
even his like commercial work is in a sense of documentary and street where it's packed with action packed with chaos and packed with everything um and uh the prints that he showed in 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 this in the show were basically printed darkroom style so it was color okay. and the process it was so good dude like i i i'd like i have experience in like printing darkroom color but like i couldn't even get that type of detail because having to balance magenta and like yellow and cyan and all these it's just it's so hard and like just thinking about the amount of like paper like or tasks that you have to do to get that yeah it, it was like insane one of the biggest works is like larger than 20 by 30 and it's like it's slightly bigger um under horizontal spread but yeah like i was just like okay this is really good um yeah. but yeah that's one of the places i'm gonna try um especially when i have 80 rolls of like mix of 35 <laughs> and 20 yeah you might so, as well develop a book i have i have yeah. like i literally only have two rolls to develop right now and i have zero rolls to shoot so Yo, i really gotta buy some film, but it's all good it's all good don't worry well i got you when i when we go there um also <laughs> yeah we could talk about possible things um later but anyways um yeah like how's it like there you know developing or like i know you with like certain cameras breaking on you or like other like with like other homies of ours like breaking cameras like how's it like just working with film it's pretty stressful because there's not a lot of not a lot of options to get your to get your developing done to buy film to find cameras to get cameras repaired like in new york there's a fucking camera shop on every like fourth or fifth block like they're all over the place where you can get film and develop and shit like that but like here Man, it's tough. It's tough. Like, you pretty much have to... I live in Makati. You have to go into Manila, into Binondo, into basically Chinatown of, of, of the Philippines. You have to go there, which is like an hour or so trip from my place. You have to go there just to, like, buy a camera, just to get a camera fixed or to find any film that's not, like, the basic, like, Fuji 200s or Kodak 200s, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's pretty tough to find variation. Um, but that's okay. How much is, how much is like Portra there? Or like, have you even found Portra? No, I haven't. I've never seen Portra here. There's actually, I, I forgot. To, I would buy Portra. I forgot to tell you, time, but you just can't really find them here. No, there's a there's a spot. I forgot to tell you, and I keep. I think I told you about this person long ago, and you're like, send it to me, send it to me. Uh, her name is, uh, well, her Twitter name is like, AIS Chung. She is one of the only, well, one of the few, like, film photographers who is running a shop in the Philippines. And she's getting, like, super, like, wide recognition about it. Oh, is that um, Sunny 16? Uh, no, I don't think so. No, 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 no. It's this girl who has, like, this little shop. Um, yeah, and she the has, only like, one that I know I of is Sunny 16. It's Sunny 16? Is it Sunny 16? Yeah, I think, but, I mean, I know John gets all his... John gets all his film and, and development done there, but for me, like, it's pretty far. It's a far trip. I have to spend a lot of money to get yeah. there, and then it just, like, makes the film processing more expensive, you know? But, I mean, right now, like, I travel all the way to Ortigas and Mega Mall just to get my film developed. But it's nice, though, because right. I get one-day development there. So it's okay. I usually just wait until yeah. I have a reason to be in Ortigas, and then when I do... 
that's when I go drop off my film and I'll wait three hours, go get whatever stuff done and then come back and pick up my shit. Because it's like, it's tough here, man. Like the place I used to develop at here in Makati at Greenbelt no longer sells. <coughs> so then I'm like, shit. All right. I can still get my stuff developed, but I can't get any more film here. So I have to go to freaking Mega Mall anyway. It's annoying, man. Yeah, dude, I remember, yeah, growing up in the Philippines and, like, just the distances alone was a trek. Um, <laughs> so, like, yeah. that's the low-key scary part of, like, going back, you know, just having to deal with that. Um, yeah, as a kid, Mega Mall was just, like, this new thing that, like, popped up in the Philippines. I was like, okay, cool, Mega Mall, but shit's <laughs> hard. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm happy that, was... like... Oh, yeah, go on, go on. Yeah, no, but I'm happy that film is still alive in the Philippines and like you know processing. Uh, that means that you could do things. That's good. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. it's not as alive as I want it to be, but you know, it's still, it's mm-hmm. still kicking, still kicking, still has a pulse. <laughs> so anyway, while while we're on the topic, man, how how long did you live in the Philippines? When did you leave the Philippines? Yeah, so, I mean, I was born and raised in the Philippines, um, in Quezon City, actually. Um, lived in Valenzuela, which is close to um, one of the biggest or the only, like, well-known um, nursing and, doc- and doctor um, hospitals called Fatima there. Um, I lived in the Philippines for about 10 years, um, and emigrated and immigrated to uh, California when I was in the cusp of turning 11. Um, like okay, any okay. normal or traditional Filipino stories of immigration is, you know, you go into the States in the fall, uh, like September, October, mm-hmm. close to like Halloween or like Thanksgiving, whatever. Yeah, man. Like it was just like, yeah, it was weird because like it was, I remember my brother was turning yeah, I was, I was turning seven, or like turning eight. Um, we're like four years apart. I can't do math right now. But anyways, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I remember like it was, we were basically, yeah, we went to, Cal- yeah, we arrived in California. It was about, I would say like October, like October. Yeah. And it, he just turned like six or seven. And it was just so weird, like, to have to, like, see frost, to see, like, being cold, you know? Uh, yeah. Like, it's different from, it's different from Baguio, um, if, oh, if I could relate it in that way. Um, yeah, yeah, and, like, I remember just, like, being shivering, like, just shivering and, like, having a thick ass, like, thick ass accent of, like, Filipino American or, like, Filipino English. Uh, yeah, like, it was, like, super heavy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So how how long were you in years. California? Where in California were you? In, uh, so I lived in California Bay Area, um, Vallejo, Vallejo, uh, which is um, a part of a county that's quite close to American Canyon in in perspective of Oakland and San Francisco, basically thirty minutes from Berkeley, uh, and like about the same distance to the bridge, uh, the Golden Gate Bridge, uh, Oakland. It was about like. About 30 minutes as well, uh, going south. Um, yeah, yeah, I lived in California for two years. I still fly back and forth 
but specifically it was pre-Warriors sucking a <laughs> <lot>. <laughs> I remember like back when they were like still doing their like school outreaches and everything um just to try and get fans. it was pre yeah man yeah and like your school's like super decked out with like warriors theme and color <laughs> like the gold like the yellow gold and like royal purple it, it was funny um and yeah pre-silicon valley or like when the house market crashed in california um yeah 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 it was like pre when like pre you know like mugging or like pre like a lot of um stuff being stolen it was within that era so like 2008 okay i would say yeah and then after two years there you've been in queens ever since uh after two years there not like after like a year and a half too i was yeah in queens i've lived in (laughs) rio park forest hills queens gets the money anyways um yeah yeah been queens ever since um although like the evolution of of as a transplant as a new yorker as you could say is that like you expand out of your neighborhood and yeah like i don't know you could go into that but yeah no that's yeah yeah, no it's all good it's all good (laughs) all right so yeah so let's um let's let's transition back into photography a little bit um, yeah, yeah. So did you, you studied photography in school, right? Okay, so yes and no. I was self-taught right. from the very beginning. Um, I could tell you like my whole story, but basically, when I was a kid, I was given a Pikachu, like a little point and shoot, and like oh, that's what fire. I used, and I was like, what a good way to start, dude. I, yeah, man. Like I've been wanting to find that ever since. Like I, I mean, I find it. It's like super cheap, but. Yeah, like, I started just, or I remember, like, being in, like, first grade and whatnot, like, just taking pictures and, like, with my little, like, Pikachu camera, you know, but um, I was also, like, raised around with, like, my mom having, like, one of, I think it was an Icon or a Canon film SLR, um, and, like, yeah, just being raised into that, and then, you know, having to see a lot of photos. Um, I was born, you know, like, ill with, like, a heart problem. So basically most of my downtime was like either watching TV or like playing video games or just like looking through photos and like looking, reading books. Um, and like for some reason I like books that had photos. I mean, I could remember from the very like get go, like I always like, I always skimmed the the text, but I always look for photos and I always like yeah, stick yeah. at them and everything. Um, but, wow, I just forgot the, the question, but yeah <laughs> i was asking you, uh, you um yeah yeah i remember yeah. yeah so um no i'm pretty much self-taught from the very beginning and um so, so what i was did you study? In, in slr right so in in school <laughs> i studied right. english with a concentration in creative writing a minor okay, okay. in journalism and a minor in studio art right but so after like high school and i would say first second year of college I wanted to do, like, I wanted to study, I wanted structure, but um, I learned early on that I didn't like structure, like, even though, like, I was implemented and, like, taught, like, I tried to, like, push beyond that, like, I was like, yeah, but, like, I don't want to do three minutes, I don't want to do, like, 14 minutes of, like, agitation, what if I rushed it, because, like, 
I wanted to, like, I was so, like, about it. Like, I was like, I want to see it right away. Um, <laughs> yeah. But basically, yes and no. The reason why I say yes and no, because when I wanted the structure, I still pushed away from it, yet I learned a lot from it, from, like, just going into a different direction or, like, researching or, like, reading more, like, asking about, like, what if I did this or, like, how could I do this in order to do that? Um, which led me to like my work now, um, when I was just like self, like, you know, self being self-taught, I just practiced a lot by just going in full manual, like whether it be like yeah. super overexposed or whether it be like super underexposed, whether it be super blurry, I was like, yeah, like I'm learning, I'm learning. Um, <laughs> and like, pro- of course, progressively. No, that's such a good way to learn, man. That's, that's kind yeah. of what I've done too. Like. When I first started shooting film, I was shooting with a point and shoot, and then, like, you can only do so much, you know? I mean, I'd been shooting digital already yeah. for four years at that point, but yeah, when I picked up an SLR for the first time, I was like, okay, this is where the real fun begins. This is where shit gets interesting. This is where the challenge comes in, because, like, you know, I wanted to test myself as a photographer. Like, I know I can compose an image, but I don't know exactly what the settings and control should be at all times, you know what I mean? And so... I feel like it really helped me learn a lot and then going back into shooting digital after those experiences shooting with an SLR like I was like yeah I think I got a little bit better you know I felt like I improved a lot in my photography yeah man I mean I work you know as a salesperson too in a camera shop and when students come in and they like ask all these questions I'm like basically you know you have to learn about your shutter speed if you want things to if you want to show action, you got to slow down. If you want to, <clears throat> excuse me, if you want to um, catch someone that's super fast and stop them in their motion, you go super fast. And, you know, like, it's about, I tell, I tell people, like, you study light and, like, how light interacts with the subject or, like, how shadows create something else in the composition of your photo and, like, how it implements complements and everything else. Um, but with the way I learned too with structure is that I learned how to properly compose and how to like properly digest and as well as like you know um analyze a photo and the the textures and the types of ways you could do a photo um like I said like growing up I always like you know physical things um with most of my work now I try to make it something that is tangible. So like Paolo's work where it's um, acrylic on, on you know, luster paper or whether it's um, like other people's photos who sometimes is not supposed to be meant to touch or like Thomas's multimedium or um, the way I want to produce my work is like be able to use it. Um, I have like the skateboard series that I've done that was yeah. like with vinyl printed paper mounted onto escape like blank skateboard decks um or there's newer pieces that you've seen with the van dyke sanotype processing mm-hmm. um or there's a polaroid one i didn't show you the polaroid one um <laughs> but yeah like i want it to be like even though it's mounted on a wall i want you to also like touch it or like use it like abuse it you know like yeah take a picture but at the same time I want you to be able to use it like the the ability to be like sustainable and the ability for it to be like used i i, I appreciate that a lot in work 
um, whether it could collect us or whether or not. Um, yeah, just like the way you use work. Can you talk a little yeah, about yeah. your um, about your skateboard concept? Yeah, so the skateboard, it's like, it ha it's, I think, evolved <laughs> three times, I would say, or yeah, three times. So I remember the first show that we had, um, I was like, how can I alleviate, how could I uh, evolve and, you know, push my work beyond just collages on uh, being mounted on like foam core? I was like, why not skateboards? Yeah. I always... Um, representing both West Coast and East Coast skate style and like back when I lived in California like it was just like super 90s and like moving here it's like already fast like 2000s um, <laughs> like the different vibes one thing that remained constant was like the skateboard culture and I wanted to represent that because that was an influential time in my life <clears throat> so as a kid who was not able to like do much to like we're much less run to you know be able to write a board now um i wanted to represent that and on the first show i was like how could i do my collage pieces and show the contact sheets and photos that i've taken from that contact sheet and present it in a way that is not just right foam uh foam core and i was like okay i really want to collage it and mod podge it but I didn't like the process was just too long and as any artist and as how we were back then we were like just super like we were panicking and like super last minute so i was like okay let me print this and try this out i basically spent like two three days you know um finding and sourcing places to print it and then when it came down to mounting it on the board um it was, yeah, it was decent, but it could have been better. Um, could have been much more seamlessly. If you came close to the board, you see, like, where the cuts are and stuff, and, like, where it was, like, <laughs> improperly mounted. Um, it could peel. Uh, the second evolution is in my last year of college, uh, my last semester, where I basically... Um, did three different variations where it was Van Dyke, Sanotype, and Polaroid peeling. So with the Sanotype and Van Dyke, they're basically this chemical that is photosensitive or light sensitive to, yeah, photosens uh, light sensitive via UV. Um, what I did was I printed it on this huge um, trans uh, transfer paper or transfer gel. Um, yeah. It's like a plastic, um, I'm like waving my hands and like people could see. No. <laughs> I'm the only one who can see. <laughs> um, yeah, so basically I, yeah, bought the boards again, tested them on wood, um, tested some on wood in different forms of like um, balsam, uh, thick cuts and like different ones. But anyways, I tried it on a board and it was all right. Um, I could, it could be better. It was just the process was so like weird. You, I basically had to like paint them, um, and then I would I had to print it and mount the plastic onto the board, and then make sure that it seals and is tight enough that 
the photos will actually or like the light will actually hit the board and hit the hit the paper so that it's it's sharp um it's a right, basically yeah. a way to transfer the photo um what i ended up doing was putting it in a big like vacuum seal <laughs> uh, um what's it called a uh, ziploc but i had to keep the vacuum seal like constant so i had I had to like drag a whole vacuum and like expose it to the sun the whole time <laughs> um it could be better though next time around um that was the same thing with van dyke too basically it was just cyanotype is blue it's green at the start but it's blue once you put like uh once you put it under water and once you put um uh oxide on it um and then with Van Dyke, it's brown. It's green from the start, brown at the end, and it turns brown, brown Van Dyke brown, when you um, put bleach on it, bleach and water. Mm -hmm. um, and with the last board, it's a Polaroid board, uh, which was a peel apart FP one hundred. It's basically one of the rarest, you know, Polaroids out there. <laughs> uh, it's like forty, fifty bucks a pop. Uh, wow. I remember spending yeah yeah dude so each shot was like three bucks <laughs> excuse me three bucks four bucks a shot <clears throat> and I remember I like pulled pulled up with like eight packs eight ten packs but I got it for Chastity Brooklyn Film <laughs> I got it for a decent price um basically uh, I remember the shoot I did with my friend and I rolled in and like shot about 30 photos and that was Whoa, basically dude, I was staring at I was staring at a $200 shoot and having to just like peel that and like submerge it to like really like hot water like yeah like hot water and then watching it peel and making sure it like was mounted properly on the board with like glue and stuff like Mod Podge style yeah, I was just like, what did I do? Like, what? I was like, again, like, I was like, I could have executed this a little bit more better, but I was like, I'm proud of it. Um, super shiny. It's basically, it, it's it's like a board, like, if you ever made art that, like, someone you idolize or, like, someone you could partially, like, it could be, it could belong to, like, um, what's it called, like, uh, a place of like worship <laughs> it's like an yeah, idolized yeah. Uh, board yeah so it's basically like photos of friend like headshots and like full body and like all this yeah in a board and it's like partially creepy it's uh partially <laughs> like weird i was like i was like a yeah, shrine you're like, making a shrine you're, 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 there shrine you go board. shrine <laughs> yeah i was like i was like homie yeah dude i don't know what the hell this is but this is it. Yeah. <laughs> so for those um, of you who haven't seen this, so basically what we've been talking about is Tim has been, um, for his exhibits and, you know, his own artistic purposes, he's been printing his photos and displaying them on basically skateboards minus the trucks, minus the wheels, you know, it's just on the, what's that called? On, on the, the underside of the skateboard? What's that? What's that called? On the, on the deck side or on the, yeah, the deck. Yeah. On the deck side. Yeah. So he's been printing his photos yeah. and mounting them directly onto skateboards. So if you haven't seen that, go check out. Go check out Tim. It's not on. <laughs> it's not. It's not it's on social not media on anyway. any format. Um, it's yeah. It's still. 
It's still in archive, or like it's still it'll be in the show. I might bring it to the Philippines. I don't know, maybe. Um, Good luck with that. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Sooner or later, yeah. we'll have a bullet by on that. Um, but anyways, yeah, but it's also done unconventionally. Um, like I don't pull, I don't pour, well, I don't, <laughs> I don't pour acrylic over it, or I, like I don't seal it in any form. If anything, I only seal it. I've only sealed my most recent works with like um sp spray paint uv uh to protect okay. it and to like for long longevity but like as any other like artist or people who've um presented on boards uh like nubil for example um they mostly like get it sourced and like print it in in like via a shop or something yeah right um yeah, right. or as like opposed to you painters yourself yeah 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 so yeah it's i think <laughs> the evolution that it's gonna go into is much more differently um i definitely want to explore other types of like uh formats in a way that like again physical and tangible um like the conversation we had last night so dom and i had this conversation last night of, like oh, what yeah, type true. of photo is this um yeah, it's I was at a I was at a gallery opening last night and I saw these prints, absolutely beautiful, and I I don't blame the artist for not doing this, but the artist didn't put the printing style on the you know on the information sheet whatever you call it inside the gallery, and so I was really curious because like I had seen it before, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure what it was, and so of course photo nerd tim over here i decided to just take a couple photos of the no, ones that i like and i sent it over <laughs> to him and i was like yo are these are these silver gelatin or is this something it else is, no it's, it's uh, definitely van dyke after after i looked at van dyke no, again it's it's, it's van dyke it's dude. it's it wasn't van dyke it was tim, palladium you didn't see it in person man it was van dyke it was black dude so it was like black and silver and like no, van dyke is brown too. it had a lot of browns to it it had a lot of browns. Okay. Yeah. Well, if it's still up, I want to see it um, <laughs> when we go there. But yeah, I mean, when I saw the reference, it was basically um, like this this super black but highly reflective, which was really good. Like it's interesting because when we look at art, you know, people don't really consider the way they light their photos or like the way they light their work, and that plays a lot in like how the medium is translated as well as viewed um yeah but yeah like it was really cool because it like it um confused you of like what process it was gonna do um what you know um what like process they did or like what medium they put it on um was it like plastic paper that they put it on or i couldn't really like, tell because it was it framed out? it was framed so i couldn't really tell yeah but you know i will say yeah. it was it was pretty interesting because like oh, i just lost my train of thought <laughs> it was properly framed you went to you went to <laughs> uh you went to an art alley last night it was nah, it was actually it, forget it. No, it's not we're, moving on. we're moving on from this we're moving on from this oh man <laughs> bro we've already been on here for 45 minutes i think this might be like an hour or so longer episode <laughs> i knew i should have done a 24 yeah. hour episode for you dude 
<laughs> we could have done a special. Yeah, yeah, we were. I think we were all warned about the episode that was coming. <laughs> we all knew this was gonna happen, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Yeah, man. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm not gonna cut this out. I'm not gonna cut this out because I think this. Fits, I know you're not. It fits. It fits for you. All right, so <laughs> let's get back into some questions here for you. So. So you've been doing, you mentioned it earlier when we first started that you've been doing some, um, some PA work. So you've been doing some photo assistant work and you know, you still are a freelance photographer. So how do you work those two things together where you are a photographer, but then also a PA and like, does that, what kind of experience are you gaining from that? And how do you see it helping you moving forward? Yeah. So I'm going to start with working in uh, a camera shop. Um, oh, word, yeah. Starting, yeah, so transitioning from having some slight camera technical studio skills and like learning about that and pushing it away or like pushing away from it. Um, going into the working into the camera shop, I really didn't know much about like grip or um like what stands are these what bolts are these or like what this specific uh clamp is um i didn't i really didn't even know how to like properly put up a seamless like what like functions you need to put uh what they're called but now like after working at this camera shop for about a year and a half you know and then like slowly transitioning to assisting it's yeah it's pretty interesting um i remember uh one of like i guess you could say first assist jobs that i did was like assisting paulo paulo or paulo del Castillo, as most of you guys know i remember paulo would be like yo who's like free to hang out and shoot and like help you with flash you know like i want to do some like off flash work i was like yeah dude i'm down like i'm free to hang like i really got nothing to do uh He's like, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, just remember, like, holding the flash in, like, different angles, whether it be, like, horizontal, across, or, like, side, or whatever. Um, yeah, and, like, looking for shadows and, like, you know, just standing there as a physical human stand as opposed to the traditional C-stand or whatever. Um, yeah, like, I, I learned from that and, like, how to be patient. And then transitioning and onto, like, assisting with Dennis Tejero, this super talented <laughs> photographer and friend. Um, basically, I was um, recommended actually and by a good friend, Justin, Justin Jameson. Um, and he was like, yo, you should assist the, uh, this guy named Dennis. I was like, oh yeah, I actually know him <laughs> uh, by like pursuit and like, you know, like photo meetups and stuff. And it's like, yeah, yeah, so he's, like, looking for an assistant. He's willing to pay you this amount of money. Um, and it's most likely a published um, work. And I was like, yeah, sure. And then I, long, lo and behold, I hit up Dennis. And I was like, yeah, man, like, I would, I was recommended by Justin to, you know, um, assist for you because blah, blah, blah. Um, and he was like, yeah, man, um, come through. So I did go through. It was basically early this year. Um, I'm still pretty like new to this. Early this year, I would say 
January, February? Yeah, it's been some time. It's a full circle. We're gonna get there. Anyways, um, I get to I get to his place. It was super cold. It was um like sleeting, like rain. It's basically like a mix of rain and snow. Uh, in the middle of February, in the middle of January, end of January, February, and yeah, I get to set with like one of his assistants and just like getting to like know people like shaking you know like getting introducing myself to the makeup artist the stylist the um the model um as well as like being acquainted to just like the whole environment it's a it's a whole different um vibe where as a photographer you're like there's a lot of things going through your head in in, pre in preparation for the photo or like the work that you're about to make yeah as opposed to having to manage everything so or like seeing things in a different way um that that shoot specifically was the first one of the first times uh dennis and i like worked with medium format and i remember that day like i basically was the person to like change film on his mamiya 645 and like having to carry the gear as well in the rain and like finding places and grounds to like make sure like the bag is not wet or what no, <laughs> no. like it was it was raining when we were shooting too dude so like that was like super challenging in itself um yeah but yeah like i remember like just like having to change the 120 film like the 120 bags and then having to like so this may be weird but like when you would shoot medium format when it like rolls back as exposed roll there's this part where it's like blue um where you have to seal it you have to like lick it or basically wet it it's like licking an envelope you lick it and you seal it at the end of the day like my like i remember my thumb was blue from like sealing <laughs> this and like i remember like uh, i think like my tongue was also like a little blue um you nasty i'm like licking it it, it was bad it was just like <laughs> it was it was cool it was great like i had a great time you know doing like working yeah but yeah like i learned i learned how that was like one of my first jobs and like just being patient and um like observing and like when you work on location that was also my first time working on location on on a higher scale um you get to be like super observant and like you get to be super aware of um what is happening because one you got to be aware of like what the photographer needs right um whether it be the next film or whether it be change of lenses or uh a different uh a different camera uh you also got to be aware of like people taking pictures of your photo of like your work the work the place that you're working at or just people you're working with um you also work with models who are either uh, you also work with models um, and you got to be aware of the environment and especially in New York everyone is very like googly eyed and like they like <laughs> necks and like they whip out their phones <laughs> or their cameras with them dude it's like yeah you just got to be aware um, yeah just got to be aware like basically have a, a place of a mindset of like the what could go wrong and like what steps am i willing like are you willing to do and go above and beyond that um there's times where 
you know, you gotta just be prepared in order, to, like, if you need to fight someone, you, you need to fight someone. Not enough. Um, <laughs> yeah, so um, it's pretty much, like, anything yeah. that could possibly happen on set is, yeah. is what you're responsible yeah. for. Is, yeah, uh, but that's, like, on location. Um, like, last night, for example, we were working by the subway, and, like, like we were on platform, and I had to be careful and aware of, like, what the DP, basically the videographer, is doing and, like, how close we are on the edge and, like, or, like, when you're working on the street, um, how close you are to the cars and, like, how many cars are walking or even pedestrians. Um, there's, there may be a certain look that you're doing. And, um, you know, you, that people in the, in the frame cannot be in there because it throws off the whole vibe. Yeah, um, of course. Or just weirdos, again, taking pictures, and you're just like, please, can you please not post this or not put this anywhere because we're getting paid for this. But basically, like, yeah, can you please not take pictures? Um, yeah. Else? No, I mean, that, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. It's a lot of different experience to get, you know, that behind the scenes, that production production mm-hmm. side of photography and everything like that because a lot of the work that you're doing is like very editorial it's always getting published you know for magazines for books things like that for websites you know yeah and so how do you yeah, I mean, how do you see this like how do you see this helping you in the future like with your future goals as a photographer yeah yeah i mean it's a whole different vibe from the studio um but the way i see it and the way i see it evolving me being as a photographer is that i want to you know, basically still be able to assist and work on productions and uh, with people and photographers uh, and like learn. Um, like I really just want to learn a lot at the moment. Um, but as a photographer, I want to incorporate what I've learned into just like basic street work and like just study light or like with now, like I study light and shadows and how they interact with each other, the way each season is different and like how light in each season is different. Um, or what if you're in a crunch of time and like where to find the light and like how to substitute this light for that light and make it all fit or catching the light in forms of sunsets and, um, like this type of light, what if you expose it this way or expose your shot this way or, you know, um, but in relation back to my work, I basically want to like use the use what I've learned and incorporate it in a way that whether it be technical, physical, or just like uh, little shortcuts to what I learned and use it to not just help myself, but like help others. Um, I lucky realize I want to teach, uh, but at the same time, I don't want to teach. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, like... I'm having realizations of like, wow, I kind of want to teach a few people about like the process, like do a whole class. But then I'm like, no. <laughs> um, I don't good know. Good answer, good but, answer. Yeah, yeah. So the way I want to do it in my photos basically is to represent the light and the elements of what is put in a photo and be able to still execute that in a way that people are able to grab that grab a story out of it even if it's just a simple story of a hot sauce or something like I don't know. <laughs> uh, i'm like staring at hot sauce but yeah 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 okay 
All right, yeah, no, that makes sense. That all makes sense. Yeah. All right, bro. So we're closing in on the hour mark. Mm-hmm. So let's take this opportunity. I got a couple final questions for you. Okay. Okay. All right. Fire all right, bro. Again. So who is somebody who inspired you the most when you first started photography? One person. again it's 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 evolved it's evolved a lot um no dude there's not just that that question is so hard to to answer and it's as a photographer you're always inspired by everyone every day um the first early works though um when i knew i was getting into what i want to do and why i became why i want to become a photojournalist uh Robert Coppa or uh, Frank Coppa, those two, as well as Ouija, basically, there's three, wow. Anyways, those people um, were one of the first early uh, photographers to ever document, you know, like the wars and changing tides and systems, but it also pushed me to what how I work. Um, Robert Coppa once said, uh, if you're not close enough, it's not good enough. Oh, that's cool. uh, and that pushed me to, you know, like, Really, when I shoot portraits, I want to get as close as possible, but it's uncomfortable because you're so close to your subject that, like, your camera could basically, like, nudge their nose or something. Like, I sometimes yep. I shoot just eyes. Um, or, like, when, I work, when I've worked with you, for example, like, there were parts where, like, it was, like, super tight frame, and it was like, yeah. what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> um, but now I'm, like, always um, inspired by, like, like homies from Barangay, like Justin and like Powell and like you and like everyone, even with you, like the way um, you interact with the subject and like with the photographer, like uh, one thing I've learned working on site is like how photographers and how models interact with their environment, because that's also important, you know, to like maintaining the whole um, vibe of the, of the shoot and everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. So interaction definitely is is a thing that yeah um but to tighten it up sinclair also um when i write or like when i shoot i try to make sure with what i shoot could be able to relate to like the things i'm writing possible gallery works in the comings yeah man no you should you'll see it you'll see it you'll see it you'll see it combine Um, that creative writing go look at jets just a great example yeah, yeah. I mean, we're all so. It's funny how the evolution of this podcast is going into just Jay, <laughs> then me. Um, the the emotions of the whole wrong guy <laughs> partially. We do have a special uh, coming all... soon. We will be doing the special featuring yeah, no. featuring Lancer, featuring Jess, featuring Lance. Tim, featuring Jay, whoever else wants to cry their hearts out on the podcast. <laughs> We'll be talking about feelings. That's going to be the spooky Halloween episode, the feelings episode. <laughs> emotional, emotional. Uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That was right. a good episode. Anyways. Um, All right. Next question. Next, next question. question. Next question. Where are we? What are we doing? <laughs> Sorry, everybody. Oh, man. Tim and I Sorry, haven't I'm talked like in a while. Still delirious. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So, next question. I'm going to go with. Um, 
What's your favorite social media platform right now? Yo. Twitter. Um, Twitter because it's so... The, the way the photo Twitter works, the way that the model Twitter works, I was a, I actually found a really good account by like the way you, when you like something or like you like something that popped up in my feed, it was really great. Um, Azami, um, if that clicks, if, it, if that rings a bell. Um, I'm not sure. Somebody might have changed their username or something. Yeah, it's well, all good, well, go well, on. No, 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 it's still Azami, still Azami, A-Z-A-M-I. Okay. She's probably gonna be listening to us one day. Um, but anyways, uh, um, yeah, like I like Twitter because there's so many like circles and like um, audiences in there. And as a photojournalist and journalist, I have to be on top of um, my work, even though I try not to be as political or as like I still try to be active in the scene and like just to follow stories. Um, yeah, so that's one way, one main source or like what like oh the subway's acting up let me see like put down the train i'm on blah blah but twitter is great because the way you are able to see people's work whether it be photos videos or just like the way their thought process is it shows you another level of like how they're thinking and how they're right, seeing yeah. things and like whether you're not there or whether like you're somewhere else you're still able to relate with what they're putting out um yeah, and it's a good way to like keep contact with people. Um, whether it's just it's it's funny because the way we contact with people now is just observing them on a screen, and it's yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah. just like really fucking weird as opposed to like writing a letter or calling them or like facetiming them. You know, you have all these advances and stuff. Yeah, I mean, and especially especially with us, you like every single thing that I tweet ever. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> dude, like it's it's in, I I do like it because it's. Sometimes I do it as a joke, and sometimes I do it because there's actually really good things that you put out, or there's actually really good things that, like, other people put out. Um, out of, like, the group of friends, like, out of Barangay and everyone, you're, like, the most vocal one. And, like, Jay, if I want to go, like, into feelings, or, like, <laughs> if I, like, want to, like, you know, see things, like, just people fucking around, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but at the same time, like, semi-serious um yeah 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 uh instagram the reason why like i haven't i didn't say like the reason why i haven't used instagram the way i want to use it is because dude like everyone's been exhausted and like everyone's just like you know the turnaround and whatnot and like impressions and whatever bullshit like it's not worth it and as an artist I'd much rather create you know a series or a certain amount of work and if you feel comfortable, you post it. But no one really cares anymore what you post. It's just a form of a flex to yeah. Yeah. what you what you're doing. Um, nowadays, you could still find me, you know, posting or reposting via stories of like works that I do um, or I find inspiring. Um, if there's no click through, that means that I am doing something. <laughs> uh, you know, like if oh visit visit the page no. If there's no visit, if there's no like click through or like visiting a page, that means like that's what I'm doing or like that's what I'm experiencing. Um, usually you're gonna see like shadows or lights or like random crap. Uh, lately I can't post personal stuff uh, due to reasons, but um, yeah. Oh, okay. 
right, so you and I both know, but yeah. you know, we we can move yeah. on. Anyways, next、uh, question. <laughs> wow, demanding questions over here, Tim Lopez. Everybody, Tim Lopez. Next question, please. Yeah. What, what do you think this is? A press conference? <laughs> usually, usually I make the questions. As a as a journalist, I make the questions or like follow up questions. I don't know, like. Alright, bro. I feel like all good. All, in this, all good.、Yeah. My last question for you is: Any books? Any podcasts? Any movies? Any music? Pick one. Tell the people about it and tell them why. There's a lot, dude. There's so much. There's a lot. Pick one.、Um, I'm challenging you to pick no, one no, no, too. No, no, no. I'll give you. I'll give you three formats. What the hell? And mediums. Three <laughs> formats. Making it tight here.、Uh, so, in、I、terms of photos. <laughs> yeah, I need more coffee.、Um, three formats. Starting with photo. Wow, there's subsets. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, photo. Starting with photo.、Uh, a lot has been inspired me at the moment. Magnum photo, the contact sheet specifically of Magnum, is very highly representative、um, because、um, just like seeing the way people photograph and. The way that my work is going to be evolving is via contact sheets and like just you know studying that and like how people choose you know you know choose and select the photo by whether it be marking it or like why the reason why they chose that photo.、Um, the second one is contact high in in terms of photo.、Um, it's also a contact sheet book, but this one is like Magnum photographers and like it's about the hip hop scene. From like the early third, uh, early. Whoa, let me get 30s, this correct, 30s, or else I'll yes, get roasted. No, <laughs>、uh, let me get this correct. Let me slow down a bit. Sixties, um, set like the evolutions of like seven, like late sixties from like disco to hip hop and all and so forth. You know, um, to now, um, whether it be the photo of like Tupac to like. Uh, notorious B.I.G.、Um, you know, like the way why the photographers chose the photo that they that made the album cover or that made the magazine cover、uh, is like super interesting.、Um, and lastly, in photo, Dennis inspires me a lot. But yeah, inspires me a lot to just like how I work in the scene. Um, how to, you know, study light in a way that is just beyond shadows and interactions,、uh, but as well as how to work with other people.、Um, super. Lastly, Dido <laughs>、uh, Moriyama. In retrospect, see the conversations I've had with Justin and everyone else.、Uh, it's black and white work. It's、um, the most. Pivotal time at the moment with a lot of photographers going back into black and white, which is super interesting. But the thing with Dido is that it's like highly contrast, super grainy. It's like people find it like atrocious, like Iraqi or like、um, or like Ai Weiwei's early work. But、mm-hmm. it, it's just like super punchy and in your face, and it's like super chaotic.、Um, and I relate to that a lot. Most of my photos are chaotic, or yeah. So there's that. In forms of uh, TV, um, abstract on Netflix.、Um, oh yeah, my girl's been watching that. She's yeah, dude. You to watch it. Yeah, 
the new season is so freaking good that like when I was watching it <laughs> again, going down rabbit holes with Justin and like with everyone else, it's just like, dude, it's like emotional, but at the same time, it's like super rel- relatable to like how we are now as artists and the coming tides of artists because they relate to it so much with just how in tune they are with their environment or how in tune they are with their feelings or how in tune they are to the world as a whole, socially, culturally, and environmentally, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the chef, the chef show, chef. Wow. I also want to watch the chef show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> does, does the, you, chef <laughs> the accents, the accents are coming. Um, anyways, <laughs> excuse me. Wow. Um, chef show. There's two seasons. There's two seasons or volumes now. It's super interesting. What I like most about it is how we're doing these podcasts and like the transitions, or like how we incorporate, you know, opening and ending beats. Uh, in the chef show, there's like uh, a bit where they like deconstruct the food that they're about to make, and it freezes, and it's all done with like still motion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's really cool. Um, and last thing on Netflix, uh, on in terms of TV, is Euphoria and Peaky Blinders. Two different things. Euphoria, I like it because of the light and like um, how it interacts with the subject, and and it's how like editorial it is in a way, um, whether it be beauty or fashion. Uh, yeah. Um, in terms of podcasts and music, um. I've just been listening to a lot again. Euphoria, its soundtrack, it's pretty good. Um, yeah. I cannot find the right medium right now to like listen because I'm so all over the place. Um, I've been listening to a lot of like '80s and '90s hip hop and rap. Um, Me too. Dude, like, it's the perfect combination of like putting you in 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 the zone, hyping you up. And look also chilling. Yeah, exactly. Also exactly. chilling. Exactly. It, it like it makes you walk a different way, dude. It, it's 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 easy. Why do you power. think I've been listening to nothing but nineties hip hop for the last fifteen years of my life? <laughs> um. All right. I actually have something uh, I want to talk about. Man. Actually, since you mentioned it earlier. Yo, yeah. If you haven't seen Hip Hop Evolution yet, if you love hip hop music, you should watch Hip Hop Evolution on Netflix. It's not perfect. They left yes, out a lot yes, of important yes. stuff. They left out a lot yeah. of important stuff. But the amount of detail um, that they were able to go into on a lot of the topics that they discussed, really, really good. I would recommend it to anybody. That also, you could reference that to the uh, contact high because they leave out a lot of the photos or they use some of the photos from, yeah, from that show to okay. this book. Um, but also... There's there's also like another zine slash book that I bought that like I hunted for in ages. Basically, it's a rare book that like Tupac and Biggie were shot on. It is basically a four by five, and like the cover is rare. <laughs> um, and it took me some time to find it, but yeah, yeah, like it's yeah watching that show and reading this book are like super highly referential because yes, they do leave a lot and. You see a lot of things um, to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> All right, yo. Wow. I think that's pretty good, man. That was pretty good. Yeah, man. I will suggest yeah. to all of our listeners 
that no matter where you're listening to this podcast, please follow, please subscribe. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please give us a rating, like every episode, whatever that means. I don't know. I'm not an Apple guy. Please do all of that because it helps us a lot. It helps us to get more listeners, helps us to get a bigger, wider audience. Leave a leave a comment, I guess, if that's a thing on Apple Podcasts. I don't know. But if it is, go do that. Tim says you can, so I say, please do. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thank you again for tuning in to episode nine. Episode nine, I think. I'm pretty sure it's episode nine. Sorry. Uh, by the way, I am a little sick right now, so if I don't sound like myself, I do apologize. All right, Tim. Yeah. Thanks, brother. Yo. You can find me. Yeah. At What's the links? Hala, Hala Timio, J-A-L-A-T-I-M-Y-O. Uh, like jalapeno. Um, you can find <laughs> me on Twitter. <laughs> you can find me at Twitter at Halafemio. Same thing, just put film. Um, and if you really want to get feelsy, existential crisis. Oh no! Uh, that's if. That's if I approve you though. Um, we'll see. We'll see. You got to be really good friends, maybe. Um, but yeah, that's if I approve. Uh, besides that, website's coming soon. Uh, we'll, we'll keep you posted. We'll keep. Yeah, stay posted. However, find me on Instagram. All right. And Twitter. And Twitter. Twitter. Alright everybody. And Twitter. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for tuning in. From me, from Tim. Peace. Deuces. Deuces. Alright. Alright.